you're listening to the Business of Branding podcast. If you are a creative female entrepreneur ready to connect with more of those heck yes clients, build an irresistible brand, and allow growing your business to feel easier than ever before, then you are in the right place. I'm your host, Nikki Arnsman, a brand designer and strategist, a mama, and a little bit of a serial entrepreneur. On this podcast, I share all the strategies, tips, and lessons learned that have helped me build and scale an aligned business. My hope is that the content here will inspire you to go out and do the same for yourself. Welcome to another episode of the Business of Branding podcast. I'm excited to have Yael Bendahan here. She is a marketing and visibility coach for female entrepreneurs that want to create a consistently growing income and hit six figures plus with a simple baby-proof sales system. Yael built her own business from zero to six figures within 18 months, and she specializes in helping her clients unblock the mindset that's holding them back and create businesses that are aligned with their lives and families with her proven baby-proof business framework, which is simple offers, simple marketing, and simple systems. So hello, I'm so happy to have you here. Um, We are in a mastermind together, so we work alongside each other, kind of get to support each other as we grow our businesses, and um, you are in Israel. Yes. Yes, Awesome. So we're like global right now, which is exciting. Um, but I saw that you were, did you live in New York before? Yeah. So I was born in New York um, and I lived there until I was 12, 13 ish. Um, and my family moved here. Yeah. When I was a teenager. So that was awesome. super fun. Yeah, that's cool. Um, all right. So why don't you give us a little bit of a more in-depth background of how you got started, um, how you ended up in the online space. I know everyone has like their own, their own like version of their biography of how they got here in the online world. So if you wouldn't mind sharing that, that would be awesome. Yeah. So um, I was never supposed to be supposed to be running my own business. I was supposed to be a doctor. Okay. Uh, so that was my plan when I was a preteen. I was my dad is a doctor. I was like, I'm gonna be a doctor just like him. And um, this thing happened where parents decided, oh, let's move to Israel. And all my plans really changed because suddenly I went from being a star student to not understanding the language and not having any idea what was going on in school. And it really, really sucked. So um, I had a really hard time in high school and actually ended up dropping out after 11th grade. So oh. you know, coming from someone who was like very like super academic, my mom was a lawyer, my dad's a doctor again. So like he came from a very like, educated sort of family um you know the fact that I had not completed high school um I ended up going to a boarding school in England for my last year uh which is actually where I ended up meeting my husband I actually met my sister-in-law there uh my future sister-in-law and that's how I met my husband so it all worked out but at the time it felt like that's it like I have got you know what can I do I have nothing I have no skills um and then I I met my husband that a year later um and we got married pretty young when I was 18 and he was 19 uh and we moved to London for a few years so I was married young I had my first baby about two weeks before my first anniversary um and so I was like okay listen my mom is a stay-at-home mom like she quit her job to be a stay-at-home mom like I'm totally good being a stay-at-home mom like mm-hmm. this is what I always wanted to do it was very important to me to be home with my children my mom and I, I knew how much my mom had sacrificed and you know, given up um, in order to stay home with us. And to me, that was really important. So I decided, okay, like, 
there goes the doctor thing. <laughs> you know, no high school, no college. Like, what am I going to do about it? So, um, so when we uh, we moved back to Israel and my second baby, my second son was like two months old. Um, we've been living here for ten years now, um, which is kind of crazy. Uh, yeah, yeah he's, he's almost ten, so it's it's kind of, it's really crazy. It feels like it feels like it just happened. Um, and then we had two more little boys, right? So I had four little boys. Um, my youngest son was, you know, my oldest was about six and my youngest was, a, you know, a newborn. He was a little baby. And at that point, my husband, who had been doing all kinds of things, he'd been doing all kinds of like, he, you know, he'd had his own shop and he, he then he, at that point he was doing air conditioning, but unfortunately we realized that one income at that point with four little kids, many, many diapers just was not going to cut it. Right. And, um, you know, as they were growing, they were going to school and they, you know, they needed more things. And it's funny because at the time I was like, Oh, a six-year-old needs a lot of things. You know, now he's almost 12 and I'm just like, geez, like that. I thought kids, I thought kids were expensive, but whoa. Um, so yeah, this is not what I was expecting. Everyone needs to get jobs around here. I know. Right. I was like, you know, you you should be paying for yourself guys. Like, you know, and actually it's funny because they've actually been like, expressing interest in like being more entrepreneurial which is like pretty cool that's so amazing. yeah so at that point he was like listen I, I think you need to get a job and I was like you can't do this to me because like why would I even have babies if I'm gonna just leave them in daycare right and I did the math and I I, I you know found out some details and I realized that even if I got a minimum wage job which was pretty much all I was qualified to get because I know high school diploma no college degree right so like literally like I was very smart right I I, I read a lot like I was a fast learner but like I, I didn't have any qualifications to do anything. So at that point, I realized that I would basically be breaking even, right? So I was like, some of you to daycare, full-time job at minimum wage. It was basically like the difference it would make, like the amount it would add to our bottom line was so negligible that I was like, okay, this is obviously not going to work because there's no point, right? Like why have a baby, send him out. He was also a super clingy baby. Um, yeah. So like that was even going to be more hard. And at that point, I was like, okay, I got to figure something out to do from home. Like, there must be something I can do from home, right? I'm a pretty techie person, you know? And I actually started doing freelance writing because I always liked writing. Um, I, I used to write Harry Potter fan fiction as a teenager, so that obviously qualified me to be writing things for people. Um, but I always I also found that um, a lot of my my family, my friends from, like, from the States and from England and everything would always tell me how much they loved reading my social media. They were always like, I just love your Facebook. I just love reading your post. You're just so funny. And I, I, you should have a blog. You should have something. Like, you're just so, you're so funny. So I was like, okay. So, you know, obviously I have like a, you know, a knack for writing. And I started doing that. I worked, I was working for a company here at about the equivalent of about $10 an hour, which is horrendous. And I did not enjoy it a single bit because I was writing about literally the most boring things ever. Um, like, I was like, okay, I hate this. I was like, I, there must be more interesting things to write about than what I was writing about. It was like very technical stuff. Like very, it was, I'm not even gonna get into it. So not at that point I started, you know, looking on Pinterest for how to work from home. What can moms do to work from home? And what's the first thing that every mom thinks of doing when she's looking out like, you know, what do I do online? Start a blog, right? Start a mom blog. I was like, well, I am qualified to be a mother because I've had four children and I do know how to run a home. So Maybe right. I should do that. So that kind of was like my first, I, I, I started learning how to, to start a blog and I did. Um, once I started it and I started like writing blog posts and doing all the things, I realized that a blog was a very, very long-term income strategy. I was like, that's not going to help us right now, right? It takes time to build up an audience, to build, you know, to whatever it is for, you know, um, ad income or even selling products. If you need to build up an audience, like that's, 
that takes time. Mm-hmm. So a friend of mine who's a blogger was like, well, why don't you become a virtual assistant? I was like, well, what's that? She goes, well, you learn all these blogging skills. Why don't you help other bloggers? I was like, oh, is that even a thing? And she was like, yeah, it's totally a thing. Like everyone, you know, everyone has it. So I got my first virtual assistant job at $15 an hour, which was already like a big raise from my last job, right? Mm-hmm. So I was like super stoked. Um, $300 a month. And I was like, I am just rolling in it. Like, check me out. Like this tycoon making all the money, you know? <laughs> like, I, I felt so proud. I was like, I'm just, I'm just here hanging out with, you know, five hours a week with my baby next to me. And it's great. Like I'm doing, yeah, I'm writing emails. I'm doing all her social media stuff. Like, I was like, this is fantastic. And mm-hmm. she was my first client. And I started, you know, long story short, I realized I liked doing this kind of stuff. Um, I started going more into the social media part of it, doing like Pinterest and things like that. And then I discovered Facebook ads and I started learning more about how to do Facebook ads. Um, then I realized that actual businesses generally had a bigger budget um, than, than bloggers. So I started, you know, prospecting mm-hmm. more on LinkedIn, working with, you know, bigger companies, um, you know, more established business owners. And I went, you know, from social media to Facebook ads to funnels, which is how I discovered Julie Stoyan, who's our, our coach. Mm-hmm. Um, I started learning about funnels from her. Um, and I became a done for you marketer. Like I started doing, you know, marketing, marketing strategy and funnel building and launches and things like that. That was, that was essentially like my little kind of journey into, into entrepreneurship, you yeah. know, from apparently being, you know, from o- potential OBGYN to being a marketing strategist. <laughs> How that happened? kind of did that by having four kids. So you yes. knew enough, you were like, that's it. I'm good at childbearing. And then I want to move on and do something else. <laughs> Yes, exactly. I was like, I've covered, I've covered the, you know, the OB part. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I can do that. I can do birth. Totally. Love it. Okay. So one thing that came up for me when you were talking about all of that was what, how, and I think this is like a good question for people who are in the same position is what did your husband think when you were like, I'm going to build an online empire, or I'm going to just doing, <laughs> doing a virtual assistant, like even you know, I think about me, like my story is a little bit different. I have a brand branding and design degree. Like I went to school for that. Granted, I do only have my associate's degree and I did drop out of four-year university. So we are same, same there, but still with those things in my story, my husband is still like, I don't know what she does. Somehow she makes money like, and it's at her computer. So I'm curious, like in that time of maybe what felt like not crisis, but like, you know, shit, we've got like four kids. We can't afford all of this. Like we have to figure out what we're going to do. We can't live off one income. And I think a lot of people would think that the most secure route would be, let me go and get a job and outside of the home somewhere, put the kids in daycare. So I know you ran the numbers. What was he like when you were like, I'm going to do this online? Yeah. So again, so I kind of presented him with the numbers and I was like, look, here's the deal, right? Also, we know like this, this, the baby that I had at the time who ironically enough ended up going to Montessori daycare a little bit later and became my most independent child ever. And he still is okay. Like he is, he's like the kid who like, when he's home, I barely notice him. Cause like, if he's hungry, he'll just make himself a snack. Like, like yeah. he's literally like the most like hands-off low maintenance kid ever, as long as you just leave him alone and let him do his own thing. Wow, I'm like, huh, I didn't even know that existed. My daughter, I know it's neither did I until my fourth (laughs) child. Okay, so it took me time. I love it. So he, um, he was like so clingy that he literally one time had a seizure from crying so hard because I went to a different room and he didn't see me. Like that, that okay, that was like petrifying, right? So I was like, okay, 
I'm a little worried about just putting this child in daycare because I don't know what his reaction is going to be to this, right? So, um, so I was like, you know, I can do this thing, like, you know, freelance writing. And at, at, the, at the beginning, I did have an actual job with like a company doing the freelance writing thing. So first of all, I was like, okay, fine. So you have a job that you're just working from home. Okay, I get it. Mm-hmm. And then when I kind of like struck out on my own um, and I was like, oh, but you know, this person hired me to do this stuff for them. And oh, this person also hired me to do that stuff for them. He definitely didn't really get it at first. And he actually, the funny thing is he actually really, I was like, apparently he listens more than I thought, right? Because like, I'll like start talking about something. He'll be like, oh, right. Like, you know, like that thing, you know, or like, mm-hmm. oh yeah. And you know, the, the dream 100 strategy. I'm like, you pay attention to what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> it's hilarious. But, um, but it's definitely for him, it was more of an adjustment as far as like, not that like I could work from home because like he, he knew me, like I was, I'm, actually, I'm a pretty creative person. I tried all kinds of things. Like before that I tried, um, I, I was a photographer for a while. I did like gift baskets, you know, I, I, you know, making gift baskets. I tried doing cake decorating. Like I'm the kind of person who's like very much like a deal of all trades. I'm always trying something new. I always like learning new things. So he was kind of used to this. He's kind of like, okay, this is just her new thing, right? Like this is just her, her next sort of like phase, yeah. which never really ended, you know? But um, at the time he was like, well, if you can make money from it, like I'm not going to say no. Um, yeah. but I think for him more, more than that, it was more like the, um, it was the role, the, the, like as my business grew, it was more of like the roles shifting mm-hmm. because I was very much, like we had a very much a kind of traditional sort of like, you know, husband, wife roles where like he went out and made money. I stayed home and took care of the kids and he helped when he could, but like, it was primarily my job. And then as I started working more, it was more like, I'm like, well, I have another job too now. So we need to like be sharing this more in it. And it's definitely like, it was definitely an adjustment for him mentally to like, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want to, he's, he's not, he's not like a caveman or anything, you know, but like, again, like yeah. this is what we're used to, these are the things we fell into it, you know, throughout our marriage. We'd already been married. Like, I mean, we got married in 2008. So like it was 2016, right? So we right. we've been married like eight years, eight years. So it, 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 it is, you know, it's, it's whatever you're used to, right? So yeah, I think it was more kind of just adjusting to, you know, me not, you know, changing, I guess, changing as a, as a, you know, my role in the house and as, as a wife and as a mom and everything, like things were shifting and I was getting used to it too. It was very weird for me too. So I think that was more of the, I guess, I don't want to call it conflict, it, it, a little bit. It was a kind of like a, a conflict yeah. of like interest or like even like understanding of like where I was coming from I'm like yeah. I'm, trying to, I'm trying to fit it in but I guess sometimes it just doesn't just fit into like the day and I need backup and he was like but isn't your whole point that you want to just be home with the kids so shouldn't this just be able to slip right in and yes now it does which is yeah. nice but it takes it takes time till, till it happens right there is going to be yeah. a period of building and a period of growth um and it's still building and growing, but again, I've managed to, you know, with my baby proof systems, like all, all stuff that I figured out over time. Um, you know, when I had this new baby, my my daughter, who's one now, um, it was a very different. It's been it's been very different since then. So yeah, yeah I guess for him it was more. It was it was less about like believing this was a thing, because um, he understood like what marketing was. Like he, you know, his father has a business. He got what marketing was. So it was like okay, just marketing online. You know, like yeah, you know. And, that's how he just explains it to people. He, he, at this point, like I'm like, yeah, but I'm a business coach now. He's like, yeah, I just I tell him to do marketing. <laughs> it's too hard to explain. Like the easy thing to say. Yeah. I I relate to so much of what you're sharing from like I you know I think it's I think there's like a lot to unpack here, and I don't know if we can like go through so much. But like one of the you know one of the things that come up here for me is like 
I'm someone like you, like, and I think a lot of people have these multi-passionate, you're multi-passionate, you, and not only that, it's like, you're good at a lot of different things, you know? And so a couple things come up for me there. One is like, I try to remember, and I just saying this for my audience is that just because you know how to do everything doesn't mean you have to do everything yes. in your business and in life, but also and in your home and in your home, in that's your the home, thing, right? Yeah. So that's number one, which isn't directly pertaining to what we're talking about, but I feel like it's worth mentioning. The other thing yeah. is I do think there's an interesting conversation that happens. I personally have always dealt with a lot in my whole life. Um, and it's something I'm always working on with, with my therapist and, and all my, like, my, like, mind, my mindset support system that I feel like grows by a person every year as I like dive deeper. I'm like, oh yeah, I need someone for that. Oh yeah. Like I need someone just to help me with inner child conflict. But like, yeah. I've always dealt with, um, being really defensive over like, that my things that I'm like good at and just defensive in my life in general. And, um, it's not a good thing. And it's something that I've always been, you know, I'm always working to break that down. But one thing I've struggled with is being good at a lot of different things and being able to just like try out new things is my husband thinking, Oh, this is just another thing. And I, prior to me having my daughter, like I had a business that I ran for seven years, my a clothing line that I started with my sister. So my husband knew me as like, I had this like successful ingrained business that like, wasn't really going anywhere. And then after I got pregnant, I was like, it's time to move on. Like something in me was just like, it's time to move on. So once I had her, I had sold the business and then I started dabbling back into design. And then, and then I had like a stint in network marketing for like a couple of months. And then I like tried out something else. And so I know that conversation of like, is this something that's going to stick or is it not? And like, you know, and just kind of like, yeah, I know that she's making money, but like, what is she even really doing? How, like, how is she making money? How is it coming? Right. Exactly. How is it coming? Yeah. And, yeah. and is it going to last? And, you know, and then, then that feeds into the whole like storyline of like, well, it's not a nine to five and she's not being paid by someone else. So like it could end at any moment. And like all of these things come up. And I think that that's, I think that that's something to say to be as a woman, to be able to be like having children, or desiring to have children and be running your own business and having the confidence to know that like, this is sustainable and I'm going to still be able to do this even as I'm building a family and this is real and this is my job and this is my career. And it's just as good as if I had a degree and was hired by some other company that essentially I could be fired from at any time, which I think a lot of people realized in 2020 year after 2020 right yes and now like I feel so much security being in the online space and I think and and actually my I think and a lot of people can relate to this is is I thrived in 2020 and you maybe feel this way too like so many yeah. people were pivoting online as a business coach you were able to support them as women whose husbands lost their jobs and now they became the sole provider in 2020, um, I think even drives home more of the methods that you teach being, being a real job, being a real career yeah. path, building yeah. your own online business. Yeah. And I think, I think that what like, again, but what people have to realize is that it, it, 
could take time for you to figure out your thing. And that's, that's okay. Because, you know, again, like what I always keep telling my clients is I'm like, they're like, okay, I, I don't know what offer to put out there. I'm like, how about this? They're like, yeah, but I don't know. I'm like, listen, you're not married to this offer. You can put out a new offer at any time, right? You can, you know, you can sell this thing, do it, decide that you hate it and then never sell it again and just do something else. Like you, you know, there's no, like, you're not, you're, again, like you're not married to it. Right? <laughs> you're like, you're just, you're dating it. You're dating yeah. the offer until you decide you want to commit. Right. Yeah. So, um, I mean, that being said, I only ever dated my husband and I only dated him for a week. So, um, again, I obviously, which is funny because I normally have like serious commitment issues to things like clothing and things, but for some reason, like the guy I spent the rest of my life with, I was like, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll marry you. Like, hey, you know, whatever. when you know, you know, so Dude, yeah, literally yeah, it was, it was good. literally like that. <laughs> yeah. Really. But yeah, I, I think it's so, I love that because the other thing, the other thing that I think is funny is that I think people think that people are paying more attention to them than they actually are. Yeah. Like you could put an offer out there, promote it for three days. I get, I bet there's like 5% of your audience that's actually seeing your story or actually it, it digesting what it is that you're offering and no one could buy it. And you could be like, okay, never offering that again and offer something else a week later. And no one would know like, we like think that's okay. people are paying so much more attention than they actually are um, to what it is that we're doing on a day-to-day, -day, like regular basis. So, yeah. Yeah, okay. So sure. explain to us the baby-proof method, what that means. What does a baby-proof yeah. business actually even mean? Okay. So this is another story, but when I got pregnant with my daughter, um, it was 2019, November, 2019, I found it was a I want to say it was a surprise because like, again, like we were not trying to, but we weren't, you know, and it was just at that point, I was like, whatever happens, happens, right. It had been a while since my last, like my, my youngest was about four. So I, my, my one occasion we made that I skipped because I had a baby every two years, essentially, since I got married. Yeah. And then like, I missed, I missed like one, you know, so it was like four years later. And I was like, okay, I really think like that, you know, I want more, more kids, you know, like yeah. I had four boys. I was like, I, I wouldn't mind having a girl. I mean, I would have another boy too. Like, I don't care. I'm like, I just want a baby. I miss baby. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so I get pregnant and I, I'm I at that stage, up. by the way, I miss, yeah, I'm like, I just want a baby. So they are the best. They're the best ever. I, I'm, my, I, I mean, I'm obsessed with her, you know, I mean, you still look at social media, but like, I'm like, oh my God, like, how did I go so long without one? You know, I'm like, <laughs> the fact is though, like, as I'm growing as a mom, right? Like, you know, from the perspective of, of a mom of five now, you know, looking back, like I was so much more like uptight with my older ones. Like, mm -hmm. they're not sleeping through the night. Like, what if they never sleep through the night? And I'm like, and at this point, like she'll wake up and I'll be like, okay, but she, you know, it was, it was one time. It doesn't mean it's going to be forever. Like I have so much more perspective now that I'm able to just enjoy I'm just able to just enjoy the cuteness just so yeah. much more and be so chill about the, you know, about the, the snaps, I guess, and the Thanks. challenges. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love that. So yeah. So when I got pregnant with her, I freaked out. I, when I found out I was pregnant, I completely freaked. I was like, I wanted this, but I'm not sure I thought this through because I know what I do know about babies is that I have no idea what baby's going to be like right like also like I'm pregnancy I'm a pretty decent pregnant woman like I I, I have pretty good pregnancies thank god I mean after the first trimester which always sucks like I I tend to kind of just get through them I work out I take care of myself and I my labors are great everything is great but newborn stage for me is like my biggest fear I I I'm such a type a person and newborns are so like the opposite of type a so I'm just like you know like there's no schedule. I'm like, I have to get to know this whole new person. And like, you're so cute. So like it makes up for it, but it's still a very like unsettling time. And so I was like, 
I'd been offering all kinds of stuff. I hit, I'm saying I hit five figure months before I, you know, I was at a, about a six figure run rate, like a little over six figures. But at, at the, I was like, but I'm working so much right now. Like I was staying up like very, very late at night. Um, you know, like sometimes working in the afternoon, my kids go around, which bothered me. I didn't like doing that. Right. So I'm just doing all nighters. And I was like, okay, I'm getting, I'm pregnant now. I probably can't sustain this 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 pace mm-hmm. and I was right I couldn't I just passed you know I just collapsed and I ended up actually going through like a major um episode of I'd had like postpartum depression in the past and I went through like a major episode of anxiety and depression my first trimester like that was so 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 bad um that I ended up going back on medication for it right so when I come out of this fog of first trimester and like the anxiety and I'm starting to get back to normal again it's February 2020 right so I'm like I'm like okay I'm ready to get back in I'm gonna figure something out right and at that point, I was like, okay, so my business as it stands, right, with the with the funnel building that I'm doing and the launches and my client stuff, it's just not going to work. I didn't want to build an agency. I had no interest in building a whole agency. I felt like I had enough people to manage in my day-to-day life. I didn't want to have to, like, manage a whole gigantic team, which is what it would take for me to be able to completely, like, take time off, right? I need to have a team that was, like, you know, dialed in enough to everything that I need to be able to, like, you know, and, and I was like, I don't even want that. I don't want to do an agency anymore. I, I, I don't want to be working on my clients' timelines anymore. Right. Which again, it can work for people. I'm not saying it can't, but because I knew that I was not going to be a reliable service provider. I'm like, I need to do something different. And at the time I was, I ended up having my best month ever that February. I think I made like, like a 20 K sales month or a 15 K sales month. The next month was like a March was like a 20 K sales month. So things are going really great, but I'm like, but I'm still really busy and I am going to have a baby and I can't. So that was when I decided I'm going to like relaunch my group program, which I kind of like mini launched like this previous summer. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I want to start like having a leveraged offer. I want to start like coaching people. I love the coaching. I love the strategy. The, the, the implementation takes a lot of time and I don't like, like it as much. And I launched my first program, which is now currently what I, you know, my, my, my current group program, which is now I called it the VIP cash accelerator at the time. Now it's the baby proof business accelerator. Um, and what I basically realized was that as I was going through my pregnancy, I was building a business where I was able to work less and less and less. Mm-hmm. And um, I was still making like more money, right? And I ended up, um, I think I only worked like seven months in all of 2020, like between my first trimester and then maternity leave and everything. And I and I crossed like six figures. I think I hit like about 110 p.m. I'm not putting that out there. Like I crossed six figures. I probably could have made more had I worked the other five months of the year, but I didn't because I was sick and nauseous and then postpartum. So right. Um, what I realized was that it came down to was having the right offers, right? Having offers that were sustainable for a mom right? Especially a mom with an unpredictable little human who like could sleep or not sleep or, or, or cry or not cry at like literally any time, um, to have the right marketing as well. Marketing that was sustainable, that didn't require, you know, tons of work, you being on social media all the time, right? Like you needed to have a plan, right? And, I, and, and, and I, it's the same, it's the same in your home as well, right? Like if you, if you, if you start trying to figure out what's for dinner at like five o'clock, you're probably not, you know, you might be, you're probably eating pasta, right? I'm and so guilty them. of that. It like, yeah, I know, me too. It pains me when you say that because I'm me like, too. Oh, why do I do no, this? I've experienced this enough that I know that this is how it works, right? So I'm like, it, you have to have a plan for your marketing. You have to have the right offers. And you have to have the right systems for delivery, right? So you know you can deliver things consistently over and over again without having to reinvent the wheel every time. You know, you need to have the right systems. And as well, as you grow, right? Obviously, I am hiring now. My team is growing now, but now everything's on my timeline and not on someone else's, which feels really free. Mm-hmm. So what my what I'm doing is um, I realized when I had my baby and I realized that I'd actually made more money in 2020 than I did in 2019, right? <laughs> Working five months less 
right? And a lot less hours actually, you know, in the day I was like, Ooh, like this is really like, I really kind of put this all together. And I was able to like, kind of, you know, put it into this framework of, you know, the simple offers, simple marketing, simple systems, which creates, mm -hmm. you know, it can, creates a business that is simple to scale as well. Yeah. And that's like my whole, that's my whole framework. That's what I teach my clients in my program. Um, and I really encourage them to also like figure out like, you know, you have to set income goals. You have to also have to set like lifestyle goals. Like what do you actually want your day and your week to look like, right? Okay. Because you can have these income goals that just aren't aligned with what you want your day-to-day -to, -day to even feel, right? And so that to me is really important to be able to build a business without feeling like you're letting your kids down all the time. Because I had that time too. I had the hustle time and it sucked, right? So I don't, I don't want to go back to that. And so thank God, like here I am. I, I work like maybe like two hours today. Yeah. you know, and my business is doing better than ever, which is just amazing. You I know, know. It is yeah, the there's the biggest thing, my like biggest takeaway from everything that you just shared feels like the number one thing is setting yourself up for success. Because yeah. I think that there's a lot of people, I feel like look at offers and services and they feel like there's these like three ways of doing it. And really there's like so many ways of doing it. And you can even say it like, you know, I, I have someone who comes to me and this happens all the time. And it's like, they just want $10,000 a month. It's like, ba 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 $10,000 a month. All I want to do $10,000 a month, you know? And, and I, and I try to explain to them, like, there's 10 million ways to make $10,000 a month. Right. And it looks different for every person, you know, given what your lifestyle is like and what you desire to be doing on a day-to-day -day basis in your business. And, and that's so relevant to like what season of life that someone is in right now, whether they are, you know, have another job at the moment that they're trying to like scale their way out of, or they are building a family and have young kids or they're empty nesters now. And they have this time, but they want to be traveling like, or someone who just straight up wants to travel more or whatever it is like. And so that feels really important. The visioning of what your dream scenario would look like. And the other thing is like, I think that a lot of people feel like they have to wait until they've reached a certain amount of money before they can start having that dream life and that like dream scenario. It's like, once I get to this, then I can experience that. Once I'm already making $10,000 a month, then I can start traveling or then I can start doing this. But it's, that's so far from the truth of the actual way you can declare, like you said, what your goals are, whether those are lifestyle goals, monetary goals, you know, all of the above, and then reverse engineer your day and your business to actually fit your schedule and your yeah. lifestyle choices um, instead of the opposite way. Those things are not rewards for you reaching a certain amount of money in, in your business. Yeah. Oh, and, and first of all, I love that you said the, like, there's so many ways because like literally like the, I think that I'm going to, the preview that I gave you was like, um, you know, 20 ways to 10 K and it's literally like 20 different offers you can create to hit 10 K months. Like that is the point. Like, and, and the point is not to make people overwhelmed and be like, Oh my God, I need 20 offers. It's here are all the possibilities that are open to you. Like you can choose any one of these and make 10 K months. You can stack them and make 10 K months or make more than that. Right. Like that's what I want to give people. I want to give people the, the, uh, like the, the belief and the confidence that like so much is possible for them. And I think that, that like the thing that really hit me the most actually, like when I realized like that the offers have to really align with your life 
was right after my baby was born. And you know, the whole new thing now is VIP days, which I'm a big fan of. I love VIP days. I get, I, 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 I use them a lot. Like I hire people for mm-hmm. VIP days a lot because I like when things get done fast and just done quickly and right. Yes. So I'm a big fan. I was offering these VIP strategy days um, for my clients. And this person happened to be in my side, on my side of the world. I am in Israel, so I'm at least seven hours ahead of Eastern, you know, 10 mm-hmm. hours ahead of Pacific. So like, um, it was really fun because I was like, oh, great. I can do this during the day, right? Because normally my VIP in my, my, it was like a three hour intensive and it was like starting at 8 p.m. and ending at like 11. And I was like exhausted. And I was like, great, I can do it during the day. And I was like, okay, I'll have a little baby. But like what, I mean, it's a little baby. It's a newborn. Like how much could a little newborn interfere? <laughs> and, uh, apparently a lot. Right. Because I ended up, I think in those three hours, I nursed her, I changed her diaper. I, uh, I, I put her to sleep in the baby carrier while I was still talking to the person. And then, um, then she woke up for a nap Then I nursed her again. Oh, then I pumped because I was having a hard time nursing. Then she had a blowout and I had to change that. This all happened. Like, thank God my camera obviously wasn't on, but this all happened while I'm talking to this client, strategizing with them. And oh, I got wow. off, like the client was thrilled because it was a great, it was a great were you exhausted? Like I collapsed on the couch. I was like, literally like my, my, my shirt was just soaked. Right. <laughs> like it just sweat and like baby spit up and milk and anxiety. I was just like, okay, I have now learned that this iteration of VIP day is not going to work for me right now. Right. <laughs> and I, <laughs> oh my God, like this is just, you know, I have, I have to like, shut, not shut this down, but this is going to, I'm going to have to take a hiatus on offering things in this way, because this is just not sustainable in my current lifestyle. And actually we've got a better way to offer VIP days. It's kind of like, I kind of break them in half, right? You do like a half one evening and a half the second evening. And I have like time in between, which works for my time zone. It works for my clients as well. They're perfectly happy getting things in like a 24 hour time frame instead of like a seven hour time frame. Like they're okay with that. Um, and it serves me and it, and like it, and like, that's the point. I think like, it's like, think outside the box. Like there are so many yeah. possibilities for you. And I think if you get stuck in like, there is only one way, right? I have to have a course and then scale a course, right? You know how long it, how long it takes to, to create and scale a course? Like you need a yeah. big audience for that. And you have to grow an audience, right? That can take time or money or both, right? Like, so realizing that like, there are so many possibilities and options available to you to make the money you want, you know, as long as you're in integrity and you're offering like genuine value to people. And I think that's like, um, you know, people are like, oh, I can't sell high ticket stuff. And I'm like, but what's the value of what you're offering, mm-hmm. right? A copywriter who's writing a sales page for someone, if it's a good sales page, they're not just giving them a sales page. They're giving them a money-making asset that can make them, like one of my clients wrote a sales page for someone that ended up like being part of a million dollar funnel. This person made a million dollars from the sales page that she wrote for this. And I was like, and how much did you charge for the sales page? And she charged like, I don't know, maybe a thousand dollars. Yeah. And I was like, think about the lifetime value of what you're doing for people, right? If you are giving them this value, like you can stand behind raising your rates. And I think a lot of, a lot of women have a very hard time doing that because they just, they just don't own it. They don't own what they can do for people and the transformation you create. I think that a lot of people get stuck in like, what is the, what is, what would this, how long is this going to take me? Like pricing based on time alone is just the worst method in my mind of the way that you're pricing something because that reverberates on like I always think about the person who the designer who designed the Nike swoosh logo literally made like $150 like no royalties no nothing like not thinking ever this was going to become like something 
bigger. And it ended up, I think, turning into a whole little like situation, but like, I always pricing based upon like, how long is this going to take me is, is absolutely not the only thing to be thinking about. Like, right. In fact, if it takes you less time, it's actually more valuable if you think about it. Right. Right. Cause like give someone a result in, in three months or you give someone a result in one week or you give someone a result in one day. Like what is more valuable? Right. The same result. Right. Right. He just, uh, uh, earlier today, I recorded an episode with Sarah Massey, who's also in our mastermind and she does whole day rate things. So this is, I think your episodes will probably be back to back. So my listeners find Sarah Massey's episode. If you want to learn more about the full day rate situation there, but, um, it's just interesting. I've never even dove into day rate stuff, but, um, I do, you know, there's so much value in something being done tomorrow or tonight, you know, and, yeah. and it could be the same thing that would take someone that would be a project that would be dragged out three months long. And yes. And yes. so, you know, I think that there's so much to say about that. So you have found success in high ticket, right? Like you've found success yeah. in doing more intimate setting, high ticket things. Can you tell us about, um, the way that you're running your business, uh, now and the, and what you have found in high ticket offers? Yeah. So I actually have like, so I do currently like my main, main offer right now is my six month group program. That's my, my current, like Awesome. That is my big thing. Um, I found like as an entrepreneur who has many ideas all the time, right? I decided to focus all my ideas on like, um, I actually saw Taki more. He just wrote an email about this. And I spoke about this so many times. And I love the way he put it. He's like creating more front doors, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're not creating like new offers that are like, d- like diverting people from your main thing. You're just creating new ways for them to find your main offer. Mm-hmm. Right. Which I just love that. So that's kind of like what I've been focusing on. Um, like, you know, testing out different things, you know, what will work? Will it be a challenge? Will it be a workshop? Like different ways to get people in there. So it's funny. I, I just did a Facebook live in my group this, this past week about like, you know, low ticket offers and like when you're ready for a low ticket offer. And I actually think that a lot of people create low ticket offers without really thinking strategically about them. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I think People are like, oh, I can create this thing, and they, I, I can charge thirty-seven dollars for it, right? I mean, you have your logic, right? You have your, you have your, um, your, your templates and stuff. Yeah, so that very naturally leads to, you know, coming into your ecosystem and upselling into your higher level stuff, right? Whereas some people yeah. are like, oh, I know how to bake cakes, right? I can create a logic offer baking, you know, about baking cakes. I'm just using that as like a total like random example because I just baking. Yeah, but like, um, what I have nothing to do. That, Exactly. It's not going to like, what's the next step, right? The problem is people create this low ticket offer and they don't think about what the next step is. And that's going to be, it's going to be really hard to be profitable from just that thing. So what I found was I built my, 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 I built my, you know, my main group program, right? I have a whole curriculum in there and I was like, okay, what's the step before this? Um, and the step before it to me was helping people realize that they could create high ticket offers. So I actually ran a workshop on, you know, called high ticket, low hassle, which is literally how to create high ticket offers that having to sell your soul. Right. And you're first born and you know, the next <laughs> three months of your life. Um, and, and it was great. And it actually it converted really well. And I had like a really good conversion rate from the people who, apply, the people who purchased it and applied for my program. Um, 30% of those people enrolled, which amazing. was crazy and amazing. Right. But because it was super strategic. It was working instead of like thinking of like a small thing and then thinking, okay, oh, what can I create after this? What could be the next thing? I already had my next thing all lined up and I just figured out what's like that little mini step beforehand that would very naturally lead to it. So yeah, so I love, I like high ticket because 
I have a lot of lower ticket things. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying you can't create that. I like to be able to help people at all different price points, but I, in order to give, and someone literally asked me like, why does your reprogram cost this much, right? Whatever it is. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to go into, I'm not going to say now because I don't know, I don't know if the price is going to stay the same, you know, but whatever it is, I was like, because in order to give the level of support that I want to give you, right, I have a copy coach in there who gives, you know, people can submit up to two things every week for copy audits, right? Like I have, um, you know, I have, we have weekly coaching calls, we have monthly workshops, you know, going deeper on different topics that, they're, that they want to learn more about. Like we, you know, we have a lot of support and there's just a lot of like an infrastructure around that. And I think that in order to deliver the experience that I want to deliver, then I charge what I charge. And if people don't want to join at this time, that's totally fine. I have so many other ways for them to learn from me, right? They could buy my $47 offer. They could buy my, you know, my $300 mindset bootcamp and work on their mindset and then invest in me. Like, I don't care, right? Like, right. Um, but the point is, I think that, um, I think you really have to, when you're charging a ticket, I think the thing is, is that you really have to be fully convinced of the value of what you're offering. And if you aren't, it's going to be very, very hard for you to sell it. Like it's because if you don't believe that it's worth it, why would the person you're trying to sell it to believe that it's worth it? Mm-hmm. Right. That energy comes through very, very clearly. Um, you know, and, and, and I, and it's funny because I literally like on this, I just literally sent her a message saying, well, here's why this is, you know, it costs this much because everyone has a business to run and I have to, in order to hire the people I want to hire and deliver the experience I want to deliver. This is, I know I did the math. This is what I charge. Right. And the, and the, and the long-term value, the value of what you're getting in here, right. If you get like one decent high ticket client just from the things that you've learned in this program you've already more than paid for it right so yeah I'm charging as much because I believe that it's worth that and I think that that like and that she, and that confidence like great she's like great I'm in like that's it you know yeah. it was that was literally that simple because I was like a thousand percent sure sure and certain and like like solid in my belief that mm-hmm. this was a hundred percent worth it or probably it's probably totally worth more honestly Right. So I think that that's, that's I feel what, like it's um, always worth more. I've always like, always worth worth more. So, you know, it's like, you're welcome. I'm basically giving this to you for free. Cause I'm like teaching you like skills that you can just use over and over again and make a lot of money. Like, you know, and again, it's, and it doesn't even have to be always be money, right? Yeah. Like if, um, you know, a baby sleep coach who helps, I mean, like, what is sleep worth to you? <laughs> like a lot. <laughs> I mean, to me, I feel like it's worth almost even more because I not only have my children, but also throw in a business. So my brain power is worth a lot of money. Right? right. And like, you know, hiring a sleep coach to help you get your baby to sleep through the night has a, a, um, a not only a financial ROI, but also a, a mental health and an emotional health and a physical health ROI. Like, you know, and people don't consider I that paid no. more than $500 for someone to come to my house for one evening and help yeah. get my baby to sleep. My really? husband wanted to divorce me. Basically, he was like, <laughs> "How could you pay that much? What did we do?" And he was like, "Also, like the most anti cannot sleep train my baby at all. Like he was just like, no." And we ended up. My daughter still is in our bed. Like we ended up co sleeping our whole first year and then like tried to transition. She goes to sleep in her bed, but that child is in my bed clockwork every night before like midnight. So yeah, I'm very anal about that kind of stuff. And I like, I, I I will get to a point where I'm just like, okay, we had our fun. It's been nice cuddling with you. You're very cute. And it's your bedtime now, (laughs) usually around like six months, you know? And I'm like, that is that. Right. 
Yeah. But I, I totally get that. I totally get that. But and, I, my um, point is like you there, yeah. you, when you value something enough, you almost like, for me, it's like, I don't even care. I'm just like another great example. Like yesterday we have been like waiting to have our kitchen finalized, like the plumber come and hook up like the dishwasher and finally get our sink hooked up and like have drinking water. And my daughter's bathroom, like we've been living out of one bathroom, have been washing dishes in the garage, like sink. Like I called so many plumbers had flaky ones, ones that didn't show up, like just never returned my, finally, someone was able to come yesterday. I didn't even fucking ask them how much it was going to be. I was like, come. My mom was like, how much was it? I'm like, I don't even know. I don't care. Like, I don't care, you know? And I'm just like, I will pay whatever they want to charge me, you know? And because I'm just, when you want something bad enough and when you have the desire to experience a certain result, that is why pricing is like, it's important, but also it's like so subjective to the value that you're providing yeah. and what it's, it's also, ar- it's very arbitrary. I feel like people like, you know, people like, oh, but how much can I charge this? I'm like, well, how long is a piece of string? Right. Like, <laughs> you know, start, I mean, start here and then go up. Like, you know, one of my clients yeah. is literally like, I'm, I'm starting at, I think it was like, she was starting at her, her offer. I think she started at 1500. She goes, I'm just going to go up by $500, like every three sales. I was like, go for it. Just keep, I'm going to keep doing that until people don't want to pay me anymore. I was like, great. You know, yeah. like, that's a great, I like that. You know, like that. Cause she is so sure. She is so sure that what she does helps the which it is. It, she, what she does yeah. is amazing. Right. My question for, for you, which around this was what, what do you think qualifies as a high ticket offer? Like if someone's like, what makes it high ticket? Um, I think that it's also kind of subjective. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that I know um, this is a weird question. I just wanted to get your honest input on it. <laughs> um, I think, okay, let me think. I probably would say for me, like real high ticket is like starting at like two, three K mm-hmm. and it could be anywhere up from there. Cumulative, not like a monthly, like a six month program. And it's two to three K each month. But like an offer that is like two to three K an offer that's two to three K. Yeah. So I would say, I mean, I would, I I would consider like even a one K offer to me does not feel very high ticket, but the truth is for some of my clients, that's the most they've ever charged for a thing. And like, they need, you know, you need to ease into it. Right. Because I I will literally tell them I charge as much as you can charge with a straight face, like say it, you know, and I had one client who literally walked around just saying to herself, that's going to be $3,000. That's going to be $3,000. That's going to be $3,000. Right. Until she's able to say it with the confidence that it deserved because her, her, her top, her sales copy is worth $3,000 or more. Right. Yeah. But she never charged that much. And so she like, you know, it, it, it could take time again for your, for your mind, your mindset to catch up with the reality of like what you're yeah. doing, what you're doing is worth. So, you know, I don't think, you know, if I tell you tomorrow to charge $10,000 for something that you're currently charging a thousand dollars for, and let's say you did, you'd get on a sales call and you're like, well, that's $10,000. Odds are the person would not say yes because you don't feel secure in it yet, right? So I do think it could take time to ease into it, but always keep in mind that you want to grow, right? Like, and, and think about it, the more you charge for one offer, the less of them you have to sell per month to hit your income goals. It's like, yeah, it's simple. And I'm not saying just charge a ton of money because, because you want to, you know, I hate that thing where people are like, just decide how much you want to make per year and then divide it by the amount of hours you work and then figure out your hourly rate and then charge accordingly. I'm like, no, because like you're telling someone who has no skills, who is just starting that now their hourly rate should be $60. I'm like, no, that is not an integrity, right? But once you have a skill that can help people in whatever area that is, whether it's in their 
business, in their health, in their relationships, in their day-to-day life, their quality of life, whatever it is, then yeah, just own it. Like mm-hmm. own it. And it's, 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 it's not, women have a much harder time doing that. They have a much harder, harder time owning their value, mm-hmm. right? Because it's like, oh, but I, but I just want to help people, you know, like I feel bad, you know, asking them for that much money. Right. And I very rarely seen guys in all the Facebook groups say, but I don't know, I feel kind of bad charging this, you know, I feel like, you know, maybe I should just give it to them for free because I, you know, the poor things, you know, I've never, ever seen a guy do that ever. Right. Right. Like, what is it? No, it's like, what is that? We have like a, a extra chromosome that's called empathy and that's right. we don't know how to turn it off in business sometimes. That's true. But I mean, it's a good, it's a good thing. It's a good thing to have an empathy. Yeah. Right? yeah. Empathy is a good thing to have in business for sure, because it makes you a better person. It makes you a better coach. It makes you a better Absolutely. leader of a team. But again, you have to also realize that I also want to point this out when people pay you more, they value your work more. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, mm-hmm. Isn't that funny? Because like the people who like pay you less are like the ones who are all micromanaging you and all like all over your face. Pay, like, I I think the people who pay more are also less pain in the asses. Like yeah, like because they they value the service that's there. They trust the process. They they yeah. paid you in at, you know whatever amount of money and trust that you are the expert and know what you're doing. Right. And right. and and they tend to be a lot more pleasant to work with. For sure. And I think the, the only problem, the only problem that I found lately is that there are the people who are like, not the good ones and who will just charge a ton of money and then just run away with it and not deliver. Oh, yeah. And it's, I mean, that could be service providers, that could be coaches, that could be anyone. There is, it, it, it's a really sad thing. It's really sad. And I think the problem is that people are telling them you could charge tons of money without any experience, just start off charging high ticket. And I'm not going to say that to my clients. Like I will dig deep and be like, okay, so tell me what you do tell me how it helps people, you know, let's evaluate this out. Right. Um, and I'll do that even before I even allow them into my program. Right. I will not let someone into my program if I don't believe that they have something that is valuable enough to sell for a decent amount of money, because I'm not going to be the one like telling them, Oh yes, you know, whatever it is. Um, you can do laundry for someone and charge them a hundred dollars per load. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's stupid. Like it's it, it, again, it, it becomes like this arbitrary thing where it's like, just charge our ticket. I'm like, no, it's not for everyone. It's for the people who who have the value to bring. And if you don't feel that you have the value to bring it, guys, like you can learn it, right? Like five years ago, I was a high school dropout, non-college grad with four little kids and no idea about marketing or business. All right. Mm -hmm. I learned. Yeah. You know, I learned and I learned and I learned and I, you know, I would watch trainings while I was holding laundry and while I was washing dishes and, you know, like while I was nursing my baby, right? Like I, I did the work to, up level my skills and my knowledge to the point where I feel confident charging the money that I charge. So if you feel, don't feel confident about it, get more experience, mm-hmm. learn, you know, learn a higher level skill, right? Yeah. Like the world is full. Like there's so much available online right now for it's you to so just, it, it's like there for the taking. It's there for the taking. I always say that I'm, I always say like, I find a lot of people who talk about um, imposter syndrome and I'm like, some people I think who feel imposter syndrome, it's like, maybe you're an imposter. Like maybe you are right now because you need to learn more and you need to level up your skill and need to get more comfortable. And that story in your head will get rewritten of feeling like you don't belong here. You can't charge X amount or you can't do this as your confidence cup is filled up. And the way that that cup gets filled up is by you getting better at what you're doing and, and, getting more of an understanding of the value that you bring to the table. And that does come, I do believe that that does come by, yes, 
trainings and this and that. And it also comes by investing in yourself and investing in people sure. who are teaching these skills and doing things in, in um, industries. So, okay. Yeah. So to wrap this up, I think it with, this, I think it with integrity. I think it's yeah. like what we have to, you know, like, do, you know, high ticket, but yeah, you know, in order to charge a ticket with the, you know, with integrity, you have to be able to stand behind yeah. what you're I love 100%. it. Yeah. So good. Okay. So, um, where can everyone find you now online and what are the best ways for them to learn about your programs and your courses and what it is that you've got going on? Okay. So, um, so first of all, I, I have, I, I, I think I gave you, I gave you a link, but if I didn't, I'm giving it yeah, to you. It'll all right. go in the show notes. Yes. So my, which is my 20, my, my training, um, on 20 ways, it's called 20 ways to 10 K and it's 20 different offers. You can actually, okay. Actually it's 25 because I, I got really excited and I came up with a few more ideas. So it's 25 ways to 10 K. Um, but I already named it and it was all out there. So I just left it <laughs> 25 different offers you can create to hit 10 K months. And again, like it's not for you to get overwhelmed and be like, you have to do all the things. It's for you to get ideas, you know, to spark your creativity, um, and, and, and help you think outside the box. Like there's not, there's never one way to do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's like a really great way. And the, the link is, the link is below. Um, you can find me on Facebook at Yael Menham. Like I'm, you know, I'm pretty, I think I'm the only one who's a <laughs> marketing coach. So <laughs> your name is not Perfect. that common. Um, yeah. and my website is yaelbenham.com, but it's actually under construction right now. So, um, at the moment of this thing, but if you look it up, it's probably. So Instagram, best place to find you. To Instagram, like best place. Yes. The Yael Benham. Um, and the link will be below, I assume. Uh, and yeah, please feel free to just check me out. Shoot me a DM. Um, I'm, I answer my DMs, right? I'm still not so, you know, high up there that I'm not in my, in my own messages. So yeah, that has someone else running your DMs. Um, one day, one day I know. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for being here. We will share all the links to your training, to the 20 ways to reach 10 K. Um, to your social media and I've loved chatting with you and and talking all things baby proofing family growing and um, how we need to get our kids to sleep so we can all rest <laughs> yes love it sleep <laughs> yeah okay, it's important yeah thank you so much this was yeah. so much fun Nikki thank it's you so for welcome. having me yes yeah, so welcome